So Money episode 777. How lucky is this? Kim Perel, author of The Execution Factor. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. From broke to millions of dollars, our guest today, I would say, is a financial warrior and executor. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Charabi. Happy Labor Day, by the way. It's an appropriate day, although we're not working, but to be reflecting on work. Kim Perel is our guest, and at 39 years old, she is the CEO of a digital marketing firm called Amobi, which is raked in hundreds of millions of dollars. But Kim's journey had difficult beginnings. She landed what seemed to be a dream job in her 20s, working for a tech firm as the director of marketing. But then the dot-com bubble burst, and she was left with the task of laying off several close friends and eventually being left unemployed herself. But no sooner than three months later, three months, with $10,000 borrowed and credit card bills mounting, Kim rebooted her career and started anew. It was the beginning of launching many new businesses, which have gone on to be sold and producing hundreds of millions of dollars. All her success has led her to a new book, The Execution Factor, The One Skill That Drives Success. In addition to being an entrepreneur and financial warrior and executor, Kim is the mom to twins. Lots to talk about. Here we go. Here's Kim Perel. Kim Perel, welcome to So Money. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here. Broke to multimillionaire by the time you were 30. We're going to talk all about your So Moneyness. But what's really also exciting, given the time, is that you've got a book coming out September 10th called The Execution Factor. This is something that's uh, you've been heralded for. This is like so you, that you are somebody who knows how to execute. And your book is really trying to differentiate between the dreamers and the doers. Why do we get so stuck in the middle? Well, it's more fun to dream, probably. It's easier to sit back on your... <laughs> on your couch or on your on your bed and just dream I mean that seems like the easy part I think the hard work comes in with the execution of that dream and in your book you highlight all these different things that kind of have to fall in place on your on your way to execution that, that there are these traits that you have to master one is vision passion action fourth is resilience and last is relationships I feel as though relationships could be the hard one for a lot of people because Everyone has that thought like, I don't know anybody, I'm not connected, I don't come from a place of privilege, I have vision, I have passion, I know how to do things, but how do we solve that relationship quotient? Yeah, I think based on my experience, what I found is if you don't ask, you don't get. So I tell, you know, that's really my, you know, my, my, my philosophy. You have the A-S-K to G-E-T. And how does that work? It's being, you know, you're afraid to ask. And it's, a, it's scary to ask even from a mentor to uh, a new opportunity to being rejected when you're trying to start your first company for either funds or business relationships. But it's about putting, putting that 
fear aside and, you know, developing and asking for the relationship anyway, because when you really find that kindred spirit, you know, you'll know. And I think that will help push you forward. So it's really overcoming the fear and really embracing that, you know, it, it's not going to be a slam dunk, but putting yourself in opportunities where you can build really great, strong relationships. Your book is important because it's apparently a huge problem. We, you know, we maybe take for granted getting to the finish line, uh, but actually 90% of business strategies fail because of poor execution. You yourself, you know, you arrived at this book after a huge journey yourself. You were a startup entrepreneur. You've been an internationally renowned CEO, angel investor. Uh, I read that you had pretty modest beginnings at your um, kitchen table. You kind of started with these ideas and then you hacked them later, led you to making millions of dollars by the time you were just 30. And then you sold your last company uh, for $235 million. So along the way, Kim, you had to learn the way. Maybe it was a lot of it was inherent, but probably a lot of it was also learned as you were going along. What was the hardest lesson for you or the hardest like obstacle? Really, I think a success is is not linear. And I think it's important. So I, I always, you know, growing up, I thought of my life as very sequential. Um, so I, you know, whether it be starting a company, starting a family, um, going to, to school, and, you know, successfully finishing one before, before the next. And really, many years ago, a great mentor of mine, you know, asked why I had to do them sequentially, and why I couldn't do them in parallel. And it really forever changed the way I looked at my life. And that's when I found that my work enhanced my family, my family enhanced my life. And it was really like the passion project renewed my energy and sparked creativity in everything I touched. So knowing that success is not linear and understanding there are going to be so many, I mean, the challenges that you'll face on your journey, they're never ending. And I think, you know, the more, as many entrepreneurs know, you know, it truly is a ride and it's a roller coaster of a ride, but knowing how to integrate, you know, that, that, um, integrate that resilience and incorporate it into your life. So it becomes part of you. And I think that's what, you know, I learned, you know, as I went through my journey of of starting my own company and having, you know, previous failures, and it's really been, you know, it's a muscle that I'm, I'm, I'm developing and the resilience is the muscle you develop. And it's trying to understand, you know, building that into your plans that something will go wrong. I guarantee Mm. it. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, that's uh, part of why people don't get to the finish line is because they get discouraged by all the setbacks and there will be setbacks. So just accept that and just uh, know that you're not alone. You're both your parents. I understand were entrepreneurs. Uh, So was it always the mindset growing up that you were going to own your career and be, you know, your own boss? No, no. I was thinking after growing up, it was so hard growing up in an entrepreneurial family. I thought it sounded much better to get, you know, a a, a nine to five job, not a five to nine job. So I actually, you know, I, I, I was planning. I mean, the reality is I was planning on getting a great job that was more, let's just say, stable than what I had I'd grown up with. But Unfortunately, you know, it was at a time in the market crash and inevitably, I guess, nothing's secure. And I think that's what I learned is like even the stable jobs aren't secure and my company ended up going bankrupt. And I found myself, you know, unemployed and without a job and without a future. And that's and I guess knowing and I've been, you know, had seeing my parents gone through that growing up, I, I was able to then 
take advantage of that maybe because I'd seen those failures, um, in my life and, and I, I had, I embraced them. Um, not that that was the path I wanted to take, but it really was an opportunity that I was able to seize because of my experience in growing up, I think definitely helped. But I think it's also an opportunity anyone could seize. And that's the, yeah. I, I think that's why, you know, looking and writing the book is really having, you don't need entrepreneurial parents you know, to, to become an entrepreneur, I think no. it's taking, you do have to be able to, you know, embrace that risk. That, right. And there is risk. Yeah. There is a great expression that not everyone can be an entrepreneur, but entrepreneurs come from everywhere. <laughs> really, That's they right. do. I they come that. from all walks of life. And so going back in your timeline, I also read that one of your companies, X-Drive, went bankrupt and you call that the worst time in your life. But it also gave you the sort of ammunition to start your next company, which then you went on to sell for hundreds of millions of dollars. But it was just within three months of X-Drive going bankrupt that you came up with your next plan. I, I mean, Three months, I'd still be like hiding under my bed covers. <laughs> what, what is it about Kim? I was. What is it about you? What is it about the like Kim Peril DNA that gets you so motivated after a failure like that that would crush people normally? They wouldn't execute on anything else again. Yeah, I think looking back, the easy decision was to get a job you know, get another job. And, and I think that would have been, you know, the easiest decision. I, I trust me, I did hide under my covers for weeks. And I, I can remember my roommate coming home, just wondering what was wrong with me. But, you know, you feel like such a failure after such, you know, that, that moment. But, you know, having the courage and, and belief in, in wanting to have the freedom. And I, I really think after having worked for a company that, I didn't have control and I really want to control my destiny. And, you know, I, I think the best bet you can make is on yourself. And I was willing to, you know, at least ask my grandmother to make that bet on me because I didn't have the, I didn't have the capital, but, you know, having the, the passion really fueled that, you know, fueled that desire to create my own company. And I, looking back, you know, just having the belief and it comes back to relationships as well, just the belief in, in the vision, but also, you know, I had great relationships in, in the industry of which I believed I could start something new. Right. And Frontline Direct, I understand you launched with just $10,000. It was an idea that you hatched at your in-law's kitchen table. Um, you, had, <laughs> you had credit card debt. So let's talk a little bit about money because you also seem to be someone who takes a lot of risk financially, good risk when it comes to investing in ideas and your own ideas. Yeah, I, it definitely. And I think that just comes back to, you know, when you look at the investments you're going to make in really believing in yourself. And I think that's personally and professionally and the payoff is exponential. So I'm always looking for, you know, I'm reading, I'm learning. And that's why I wanted to write a book as well. I, I want to, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. How do we help others um, achieve success without having to go through those, those, you know, those failures, or at least having the knowledge and being able to accept when you do have a failure, how do I become more resilient? So I've always just pushed myself just to be better, better tomorrow than I am today. And, and that really is in all aspects of my life, even when they do scare me, because they do, right? Even writing a book, and it, it's quite a personal book, like that's scary. And I think that's putting it out to the world. Um, you know, some of the some, some things that people don't see um, when they when they look from afar. So, uh, you know, it's scary to do it, but I feel it's so necessary to to show that success, again, isn't easy, but anyone can achieve it by mastering execution. 
I love that. Try to be better tomorrow because then that's also giving you a little bit of a, a chance to relax that you have another day, hopefully to, to, to reach that goal. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So you, uh, went from having credit card debt to being a multimillionaire. And so <laughs> let's fat, let's go to the, the so money moment, which is when you struck gold with selling your company. What, how did your financial life change really materially? And also like, how did you start to really see money or feel about money after that? If it, if it changed at all? I, I'm pretty coming from an entrepreneur family and having, you know, really not a lot of money growing up. I'm quite frugal, I guess you'd say. So really looking, always looking on the profitability of the company. And I think when I sold my first company in 2008, I remember being in Vegas at this conference and the buyer wired the, you know, wired the money to my account. I remember going to the ATM and the cash balance was so big, it like exceeded that piece of paper that you get on my receipt. And I was jumping up and down, just being like, oh my gosh, I can't. You know, the zeros were falling off the moments. receipt. Yes, I, I was like, visual. oh my gosh, I can't believe this is actually like, it, it actually happened. And then I went back to work. So, you know, <laughs> I think, you know, it would be nice to go even just hit the blackjack table and gamble it. But I've worked so hard that it's really about having a very strong work ethic and really being, you know, I'm so appreciative and grateful of, you know, the opportunities I've been given and just how do I, you know, ensure that I continue to live that, you know, still a very, a very um, responsible lifestyle, I think. It, it, and it's important. What did you, what were some of the concrete first steps you took with that new money? Did you buy something significant? Did you invest it in certain ways? Did you give back? Like, I want to know, because I always, you know, I think we all dream about the day when we're going to cash in like that, like a big windfall. And we have all these sort of ideas of how we would go about executing that. What, what yeah. Was, what was that? What I was your story there? Yeah. My first big purchase was a, a, a real estate. I firmly believe in real estate. My father is, you know, and was in real estate development growing up. I believe it's a great investment if it's looked at long-term. So it really was um, looking from an investment strategy, putting, um, putting money into real estate, because I believe, I believe just, you know, long-term it's a, and it has been like really lucrative. So that was a, that was a big investment I made. Um, and, and I, I feel that was, and, and I was able to pay cash, which was really, you know, it's a great feeling to be able to do that. So definitely that, that was the big, the big, the big bet I made. We uh, have a sponsor here on the show, Chase Slate, and they did a survey recently looking at the relationship between spending money and then sharing our purchases and our experiences with folks. Uh, they found that like three fourths of millennials made a purchase and recently posted it on Instagram. Um, so I always want to ask guests when I have the chance, you know, like, was there a purchase that you shared or an investment or a transaction that you shared with friends, whether it was online or some other way? But uh, I think it, there is something to be said about, you know, being really proud or, or excited or grateful about an ex of something that you afforded and then sharing it with people. Yeah, I think 2008, so I don't know if Instagram was as popular today or if it was even here today. Um, but I did, um, you know, and re realistic, I grew up very humble and humble beginnings. So less about showing um, showing that success. I think really my intention is to be grateful on every and generous on every occasion. So that house I bought, I now use as just a 
place to stay for family and friends. So that's how I, I guess I'm paying, you know, enabling others to share in that success with me is to be able to have a place where they also, you know, can really embrace that success, but I guess more in a private, private uh, manner. (laughs) I can't get that thought out of my head of you being in Vegas and like your ATM receipt and (laughs) you you went back to work, but who did you call first? Like, did you call who, who did you first tell? Like, did you share that with anybody? Oh, Yes. Well, first I called my father, which was, you know, he, he, he was so, you know, from just having his own experience, you know, he always taught me to have like, he would call it FU money, right? Which is at least six months of savings to cover, you know, maybe basic living expenses because it gave me the freedom to be my, the CEO of my own life. And so calling him, I was, you know, it's really, I, I have enough savings that I, I don't need that, that, you know, it's, it's, it's massive ability to, for that freedom that I, I've so longed for. And so I think, you know, it's really a game changing and, and obviously he was such a huge supporter and, uh, you know, so proud. And it was just such an incredible moment, obviously he, and he had such a, you know, come being an entrepreneur, you know, he knows and knew how hard it is to get, to get to that outcome. Yeah, I think a lot of what keeps us from executing well, too, is sort of like we self-sabotage a lot of the times because we have these stories in our head that say things like, you're not good enough. Who do you think you are? You know, we get so close to the finish line, perhaps even. And we almost think like this can be this is too good to be true. Couldn't possibly work out well. Um, Do you address those kinds of mental barriers yeah, I agree. I think you're scared if you do, you're scared if you don't, you're scared what might happen. I mean, there's so many fears that run through your own internal mind all the time. And I think how I'd like to frame it is really how do I leverage that to pay it forward? And that's really what I'm thinking is, you know, once I, you know, my my strategy once I had sold the first time was really how do I invest in others to help them achieve success? And so I've invested about 70 plus companies and really I want to give, you know, my grandma made a huge bet on me and I want to pay that back. And so I think having that, that in your mind, just being the mindset, right, is really about how to help others achieve similar success, which is not about me. And I think if you take it out of your own personal, how you view yourself and really reflect on how you can give back to others, that's, that's what makes it special. And I think it removes some of that fear because if you put, you know, it's really about embracing, embracing the success of others as opposed to your own. What's a money habit that you practice, Kim, that helps you keep your financial priorities straight? Is there like an app that you like to use? Is there a motto? Is there just some sort of recurring practice that you have that helps you with your finances? Yeah, I think, um, well, from business and personally, you know, I always view a two by two, which is, you know, it's going to take twice as long to achieve whatever I want and it's going to cost twice as much and I am not the exception. So really reminding myself in whatever I'm doing financially is knowing if I'm going to buy a remodel house, it's going to cost me twice as much. If I'm going to buy a business, it's somehow going to cost me twice. It, like it, it just knowing that's going to cost more and it's going to take more time than anticipated, like helps to create that financial framework to ensure success. Because if you can't, if you can't, if you don't have enough funds to be able to get, you know, to, to be able to do twice as much or twice as long, then I usually don't start. We buried a, a, an important lead in this interview thus far, which is that you are the mom of twins. And yes, <laughs> I must ask, how has it fueled your ability to execute? I find that being a mom is one of the best 
catalysts for being productive and having follow through and being efficient. Um, how, what's it been like for you? What's a secret that you can share with us? Oh, yeah. I mean, being a mom is the greatest joy. So I think from, you know, when I look at my twin four-year-olds and they're so cute right now, it just must, it's such an incredible age. And looking at, you know, they ask where I'm going. I, I, I don't say I'm going to work. I say mama's going to change the world. So it's just a frame of reference because we're developing the future leaders of the world. You know, all of our children are. And how do we help them realize their dreams without it seeming, I guess, in, you know, from my experience, like work. Like, how do we actually help them, you know, um, make time for things that they're most passionate about, right? And I think that's what, you know, when I, I just feel really lucky to be able to, it's changing the, their perspective and starting very early on that. Yeah, I think it's about, you know, also showing the rewards of work. So work not being this four letter ugly word. Someone said the other day, like, you know, opportunity is all around us. But the reason we don't recognize it is because it's disguised as work. (laughs) Right. It is so true. You know, but work is, you got to put in the work. I mean, I was never afraid of work. I loved working. I don't know. Maybe it's because I just knew it was on the other side of it. I was educated on that. Like there's opportunity, there's freedom, there's you know, uh, money and all this other stuff that was, I found to be very rewarding. I agree. I couldn't agree more. I like to work, but I think it's, you have to be passionate about what you're working towards. And so if your children see you excited about what you're doing, that's reflection of, you know, your own happiness. And I think that's reflecting how they see that work, quote unquote. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I love what I do. I love people. So seeing the energy for myself, just about going out and doing great things, you know, hopefully it's inspiring them to think in their own minds how they would positively impact the world as well. So what motivates you these days to execute new projects on new projects? You know, uh, you've made your millions, you um, are at the top of your career. Many would say, maybe you don't feel that way because you've got a lot of other plans. (laughs) I'm just warming up. You're just starting out. I'm just starting out. But like, where do you get your, where does your fire these days come from? Like when you get really excited about something, you know, what does excite you these days and what motivates you? Because you can't say it's about the money, right? Because like, you've got a lot of that. Um, It's not about the money. Not about the money. Not about the money. No, I think looking back at my career, and looking at all the executives, all the investments, all the um, in, you know, entrepreneurs I know, I really, without a doubt, believe the one thing that separates success from failure of everyone I've met in, my, in the last two decades is execution. And I love to help others achieve success and whichever in that, be that personally or professionally. And I believe that, and that's, that's, that's energizing. And I, it, it, everyone has a great idea and I love the idea. So I'm like, I love listening to all the ideas. I love looking at the ideas, but then when they actually get to, how do I take that, my idea and make that reality? That's fun. I mean, that actually is, if I could spend all day just thinking of how to, you know, take the ideas to reality, that's what, that's what excites me. And that's what drives me. And I think you, you know, and why I keep investing and why I wrote the book and, and continue, you know, to, um, to help, to help other entrepreneurs and individuals achieve that success. That's, yeah, that's what I'm passionate about. 
Well, we can learn more about it next week, September 10th, when your book comes out. Um, but before we let you go, Kim, I want to ask you some so many fill in the blanks. That's when I start a sentence and then you finish it. And ah, okay. <laughs> let's say we just said like, you know, you're not about the money anymore, but let's just say you won the lottery. Okay. Like a big windfall of a hundred million dollars. What would the first thing I would do is set up a fund to invest in more companies. Yeah. What companies are you interested in? Um, what, you know, what are some ingredients or factors that you, um, that when you hear them, you're like, yes, I want to put my money in that, in that business. You know, it's interesting. I'm invested in a lot of different companies, anything from skincare to supplements, to technology, to healthcare, to grass fed beef, you name it. I invest, I invest in people <laughs> and I invest in people that can, yeah, I invest in people that can execute. And I think that's, that's what I'm looking for. I, I believe in great ideas and that's a starting point. So it, you have to have a great idea, but at the end of the day, I'm investing in people. And I think someone to your comment earlier, people need someone to believe in them. And I, and, and that's what I'm looking for. Like people that have that, um, have that vision and they just need some of those, you know, maybe a relationship with myself or someone else to help them move that ball forward. I love that. All right. One thing I spend on that makes my life easier or better is helicopter fuel. <laughs> my husband is a, is a stunt pilot and no he is able, yes, he's, yes, he is. And he takes me to work um, from San Diego to LA in the helicopter, which saves me so much time in that traffic. If you know the, if you know how bad that traffic is in LA. <laughs> so you're never late. That's pretty nice. I'm never late. I'm never late, but it's definitely, I get to spend time with him and I get to cut the traffic. <laughs> I have never gotten that answer to that fill in the blank. I think that's, uh, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I guess that's the only way to beat LA traffic is to fly over it. Yes, exactly. It, is, it makes you so much happier. Yeah, oh my gosh. Um, that's, a, that's a first. All right. Um, when I was growing up, the one thing I wish I had learned about money is? It doesn't equal happiness. Yeah. I think it, it doesn't. You know, we, we talk about this on the show a lot, and there are a lot of perspectives on this. I mean, I don't know if we can... If I, if I believe that necessarily, I think that certainly money spent certain ways can be more meaningful and lead to happiness than others. But yeah, I think that um, that to, to necessarily believe that that is the way to happiness is um, a dangerous way to, to frame your mind. Yeah. Or maybe just the, the things that money can't buy are most important to me. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that, and I, and, you know, over years of learning, you know, that's, hmm. and it's important. And I think that's why I've written so much about relationships. It's like money can't buy a great relationship. That's time. And I think it's making sure you're, you know, really prioritizing that time to spend time with people, people you love and people that, you know, motivate, inspire and energize you. That is a really great way to put it. Money, um, the most important things in life, money can't buy. Mm -hmm. Put that on your vision board, everybody. <laughs> Um, it's true. Uh, yeah. All right. And last but not least, I'm Kim Perel. I'm so money because I'm an execution expert, and execution's the one tool and one skill you need that you can learn. And I'm here to teach you. 
Yeah. Whether you want to start a business, uh, you know, in so much, yeah, so, it's applicable to so much. Mom that wants to start a side hustle, you're a millennial with an entrepreneurial spirit, whether you want to quit your nine to five, execution is for everyone. And that's what, you know, that's what the book is, you know, able to provide that blueprint to success. Can you write like a book about how to execute as a parent? <laughs> Cause I'd like to execute well on getting my kids to eat their dinner. Oh my gosh, please. I, I, I'm i still learning, so I don't have the answer to that one. Please, <laughs> my son is four, <laughs> like your twins are four, and I just feel like I'm always, I'm always stopping short of executing. <sighs> at least, at least I'm, the I'm way I had planned. Write, we could write that together. I, I, I could use that book. <laughs> All right, let's add that to your to-do list. Um, you're not <laughs> Thank you. I, oh, exactly. gosh. Kim, congratulations on your forthcoming book, The Execution Factor, The One Skill That Drives Success. It will be available next week, September 10th. Congrats and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Have a great day. The book again is called The Execution Factor, The One Skill That Drives Success on Bookshelves. Now you can go to kimperell.com, that's P-E-R-E-L-L for more and also follow Kim on Instagram at Kim Perell. All this info is back at somoneypodcast.com, the audio, the transcript. There you can also click on Ask Farnoosh and send me a question, but better yet, head over to Instagram, follow me there and send me a message, direct message with your money question. For those who've done it, you know I typically answer within 24 to 36 hours. It's pretty quick and pretty efficient. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope your day is so money. Money.